0: See
1: if we're saved amen praise the lord let's all stand together we serve a great god this morning page number two page number two this morning how great thou art sing it out on that first verse oh lord my god when i am What a
2: blessing. Man, I'm telling you, we serve a great God. Amen. And uh, what a blessing this morning uh, has already been. Our our men's prayer and our buses going out, our Sunday school time, and mercy, the music this morning. Glad there's no more night. Amen. Where we're going. And uh, what a blessing that is. Sure want to welcome you to our services this morning. And it's good to have uh, our guests here with us as well. And we're sure glad that you are here. And if you came in through the fellowship hall, there was a wonderful aroma, amen, and uh, the food and and stuff, and so excited uh, for a great day in the Lord. But let's go to the Lord in prayer, because it is about Him today, and we certainly want to praise Him and thank Him, and He's been good to us, hasn't He? And so let's pray this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Jim Wisdom if you would open us in a word of prayer. you be seated uh, just uh, for a moment just wanted to uh, mention a few things of course good to have brother frank wood here uh, with us and uh do pray for miss wanda his wife uh she had uh, rotator cuff surgery uh, a few days ago and so she is at home uh recuperating uh from that but we've made sure brother wood hadn't starved to death amen and and uh taking care of him and but thankful that he's going to be uh preaching this morning And then as well as uh this afternoon and and certainly about that if you've kind of walked in this morning you're not aware of what's going on we are having a thanksgiving banquet and so that'll be right after uh the morning uh services and so we're going to head over to the ej watson gymnasium and we've got all kinds of uh, turkey and ham and desserts and then the other stuff that really doesn't matter in between there amen uh but uh no i'm just kidding all right so uh, but I appreciate what Brother uh, uh, Quinlan said in Sunday school about the salad and things like that. You know, you can eat that stuff if you want to, amen. So it's it'll be all there. But no, we're going to go over and have a meal. And, uh, and then after everybody's finished eating and we get some cleaning up and stuff done, we'll come back over and have an afternoon service. It usually ends up being around... Two fifteen 15 or two that we have our afternoon service and so do want to invite you to plan and, and stay all day and just have a good day uh, in the Lord and then don't forget about there's no evening uh, service tonight and then of course through the week this week our midweek service in light of Thanksgiving we move it from Wednesday night to Tuesday night and so Tuesday night at seven o'clock will be our midweek service uh, this week. Uh something that we have done the last several years and want to continue doing that is uh we're gonna have a testimony time. And I would venture to say that there there's probably not anybody here that doesn't have something to say about how good God's been to them. Really, I think let the redeemed of the Lord say so, as the Bible says, and we ought to be able to come into the house of the Lord and rejoice in God's goodness to us, and so that what that's what it's gonna be about uh, Tuesday night. And so come. And looking forward to hearing some testimonies, but also giving some testimonies in the Lord and, and His blessings uh, to us. So I wanted to mention those uh, things that are coming up uh, this week. Also wanted to say a big thank you. Uh, there were We had our outreach yesterday, and then after our outreach we had a lot. Of course our staff was here, but we had a lot of people that stayed over and helped uh, all the way through the end of the afternoon and even late afternoon and evening time uh, last night to kind of get uh, the kitchen to where it is functional and uh, stuff from the remodeling and things like that. So if you're, uh, you go through there, you'll see some really nice cabinets and countertops and things like that, and it's really looking good over there. And so praise the Lord for that. But do want to say uh, a big thank you to those that stayed and, and helped out. That was a real blessing. Many hands make light work. Amen. And so that was a real blessing. Okay, brother. Come on ahead, Tim.
1: We serve a great God this morning, and he is so faithful, isn't he? Let's stand. Turn to page number eight. Page number eight. Great is thy faithfulness. All three verses this morning. Thankful for God's faithfulness today. Sing it out on that first. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Aren't you thankful for God's faithfulness this morning, Amen? Turn to page number eleven. Page number eleven. Come thou fount, He's our helper, isn't He? Here I raise mine Ebenezer, the helper stone. Aren't you thankful for God's help this morning, Amen? Let's sing it out. All three verses. Come thou fount of every blessing. Come, Come thou fount of every, every blessing, blessing to my heart. so thankful for those visiting. We're thankful you chose to be here this morning. Page number 11, if you lost your place there, page 11, sing it out on that third verse. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen. Brother Tim, come right ahead.
2: As the men come for the offering, I'd like to leave you with these words from 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Brother Whitney, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated.
1: If you don't know the name of that song, it's just give thanks. And and the, the main idea behind this song is giving thanks for Jesus Christ who came to earth to die for you. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, he died for you this morning. He loves you. He wants you to be saved this morning. Amen. Let's all stand together. I'm thankful this morning for God's grace. Page 232. Where would we be without the grace of our God this morning? Page number 232. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Let's sing it out together on that first verse. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured There where the blood of the Stay. Then all our sin. Oh, somebody say amen this morning. Are you thankful for God's grace? Amen. Wonderful singing. You may be seated. Just before the message this morning, we're going to have Miss Anna Quinlan come and sing this morning.
0: a blessing when I see the dark clouds parting, when the rain is gone and sun is breaking through, I anticipate when life will just be normal, just to close my weary eyes and rest in you my heart can rest so easy when there's blue skies when the wind is gone and rain is not in sight how i long to hang my sword above the mantle away from harm and distant from the fight but I wouldn't know your peace without the hard times or appreciate. I wouldn't love the light if it were not for darkness or appreciate the sun without the rain. How could I understand forgiveness without failure? Or feel the warmth of love without the bitter cold? How could I hold your healing hand without affliction? Or be blessed to see your mercies all unfold? sure it's a blessing to be safe secure and warm but lord i want to thank you for the storm imagine as peter sat in prison He may apace the floor with chains about his feet. And in his mind the devil taunted as he whispered, The battle's lost and this is your defeat. But then his mind went back to that night in the tempest when the master spoke and winds and seas obeyed and he could rest in that so he could rest in that dark prison unafraid and say i wouldn't know your peace without the heart Be thankful for relief without the pain I wouldn't love the light if it were not for darkness Or appreciate the sun without the rain How could I understand forgiveness without failure Or feel the warmth of love without the bitter cold? How could I hold your healing hand without affliction? Or be blessed to see your mercies all unfold? Sure it's a blessing to be safe, secure, and bold. But Lord, I want to thank you for the storm. If my life were free of trials, Lord, I'd lose my view of you. They're sweet trophies that remind me of all you do. Sure, it's a blessing to be safe, secure, and warm, but Lord, I want to thank you for the storm, Lord, I want to thank you for the storm.
2: Just about to have invitation again, amen. It's so often times that we think about Thanksgiving and we think about all the good things. But I appreciate that song, Miss Anna, because it reminds us to be grateful for the difficulties as well. And we are to be thankful in all things. Amen. What a blessing. Well, it's good to have Brother Wood here with us. Brother Frank Wood, uh, pastor of the Whittier Lane Baptist Church there in Newcastle, Indiana, for... Forty-three years, and just been a dear uh, friend, and him and Miss Wanda, and uh there's certainly no strangers to Faith Baptist Church, and it, I think we ought to keep it that way, Amen. And uh, but, Brother Wood, you come and preach, and Brother, we're sure thankful that you're here, and do pray for Miss Wanda; as she's recovering from surgery. So, uh,
3: Brother Wood, I'm thank you, preacher. Of- Good to be with you today. We've been looking forward to being here. I enjoy coming here. There's a lot of places I enjoy coming, but I enjoy coming here seeing uh faces that are familiar that i can't remember the names of anybody relate to that besides me <laughs> uh, and uh i uh, i do a lot of that but uh I, I recognize faces and people and so forth and some names i do remember and we're sure glad to be with you today we as i said we've been looking forward to it i like what th- this day's about thanksgiving amen if anybody ought to be thankful it would be the christians amen this ought to be a real sacred holiday for all of us as we think about Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. We'll be talking about Thanksgiving some in this service and even more about the holiday itself in our afternoon service. And if you're able to be back, I think there's some things that might be an encouragement to your heart and help you in those things. I want to look today to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51. When you find your place, if you're able to do so, I'd like to ask that you stand as we show our respect for the reading of God's Holy Word. I'm going to read down to the end of the chapter in verse 58. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, of course, this is talking about the rapture, about the coming of the Lord. Behold, I show you a mystery... We shall not all sleep, that is, we we'll not all die, but we shall, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on Im- corruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, again today we thank you for your word and I pray your blessings will be upon the reading of thy word. And now, Lord, I ask again today that you'll give me clarity of thought and strength of voice and the leadership of your Holy Spirit that you'd use me today to bring a message that you would use in the lives of people. Father, you know my heart. I want you to be pleased with the message. And yet even more than that, I pray you'll be pleased with the response of people to thy word and thy spirit as you work through your word and this message today. I pray, Lord, that there'd be some victories wrought in the lives of people for your honor and glory by way of right decisions and commitments. And if there'd be those that know not Christ, pray they'd have the victory today of salvation. Lord, I pray you'd work in that way for your honor and glory. And we'll praise you and thank you for what you do. We ask you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. <clears throat> our text says uh, in verse 57 says, "Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." You know it's great to have a victory. I love to have a victory. I love to win even if it's just dominoes, Amen Or UnO. And sad for my kids, even when they were little, Candyland, I wanted to win if I was playing them, you know. (laughs) I think everybody uh, likes to win. We like to have victories. Today I want to talk uh, about some great victories that we can have through the Lord Jesus Christ that are way beyond anything we might do in sports or our kinds of activities, fun and games, and I'm not against some fun and games, but those are just fun and games. These are serious victories. The title of the message today is simply, Thanks Be to God. Thanks be to God. And I know I read some things out of this uh, great resurrection chapter, and we're not going to focus on the second coming of Christ today, but I want you to know I'm thankful that I know He's coming. And I'm also thankful that I'm going to be a part uh, of that blessed thing called the rapture, the blessed hope. And we're not going to go there today, but I want to talk about three kinds of victories that are very important for all us to ha- all of us to have and they're available to every one of us. And the first one is, as we read in our text there, the victory over sin and death. The victory over sin and death. Verse uh, 54 said, death is swallowed up in victory. And we read on in verses 55 and 56, we read some things about sin and death there. And, of course, uh, there's a victory over sin, first of all, and... Uh, There's a victory over the penalty of sin, amen? There is a penalty for sin, and uh, that's eternity in a place called the lake of fire. And uh, just very briefly, and I'll not spend a lot of time on it, not because it's not important, but I'm assuming most of you know these things, but those of you that don't, I want to give these if you don't have them nailed down in your life. If you want to have victory over the penalty of sin, you need to recognize that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And that's you and me and everybody else except Jesus Christ. Everybody who's faced this, uh, walked on this earth. uh, We are sinners. And Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. You know, that's a serious statement there. You think about it, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. And that the wages of sin is death. You know, we live in a world full of people trying to earn their way to heaven. But the Bible says what we earn our way to is hell. Because that's what wages are. That's what we earn. And what we earn by our sin is this awful place called the lake of fire. When you say, well, you just said the wage of sin is death. It's talking about uh, every kind of death. Physical death is a result of sin. Amen? Uh, That's uh, Adam and Eve in the the Garden of Eden and, and the original sin there. And death passed upon all men. Uh, for that all have sinned uh, because uh, uh, of our sin uh, we face death a- and yet it's not only death of the body it's spiritual death you know as a young christian i got saved when i was 18 years old and i started reading the bible i'd, I'd read I t- basically had never read the bible I'd re- i knew a few verses that i'd heard along the way but i'd never read the bible and i was reading there about uh, in the day that thou eat uh, thou shalt eat thereof speaking of the forbidden fruit thou shalt surely die and then i read that adam lived hundreds of years after that and i didn't really understand that at first then i realized it was talking about the spiritual death that happened in his life when he was cast out of the garden of eden before then he had face-to-face fellowship with god in the cool of every evening wouldn't that have been something but he never had that again in this life he never had that again and that's a spiritual death, and that death that passed upon us, not only the death of our bodies, but uh, this spiritual death whereby we are born separated from God, and we need to be reconciled, and that happens through the blood of Jesus Christ, and our faith, putting our faith and trust in Him, but uh, the wage of sin is death, and it's not only uh, this uh, physical death and spiritual death, but it's, there's something called the second death, it says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It says this is the second death. And it's talking about the fact the second time that man is separated from God. And if you leave this life without Jesus Christ, you will be forever separated from God in that awful place of torment. And I'm not up here saying, whoopee, I'm glad I can say that today. It's it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. When people die without Jesus Christ. You don't need to do that. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it says, but God commendeth or demonstrated His love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When it says He died for us, it means He was the substitute in our place. Jesus Christ, the just one, died for me and you, the unjust ones, that He might bring us to God. Jesus' death on the cross of Calvary was Him suffering actually the wrath of God for a little while so we didn't have to bear it forever. You say, Jesus, the wrath of God? The Bible says Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God turned His face away from His only begotten Son, and He did that because your sin and my sin was upon Him. Jesus went through that, in order that He might be the just one dying for you and me. And the Bible says, by His blood we are cleansed. Thank God for that. You know, we're all sinners, and we all deserve to go to hell. Jesus died for our sin, and He died for everybody's sin, but not everybody's saved. It requires a personal response, doesn't it? We must respond to Him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. It's not just talking about anybody that ever said some kind of prayer to God. It's talking about a person who in their heart is turning away from their sin. They repent of their sin and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the way we call upon the Lord. And we need to put our faith in Him as our Lord and personal Savior. We have victory over the penalty of sin the day we receive Jesus Christ as Savior. (laughs) I'm glad that it's not a temporary salvation, it's an eternal salvation. I'm glad it's not a probationary salvation, it's a sure salvation. You can know that you have eternal life by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you've not done that, you need to do that today. Because the day, or at least this part of this day, is the only time you have certainly, that you'll be around to do that. None of us have... Uh, assurance that we're going to be here come bedtime tonight let alone in the morning you need to be saved thank god for the victory over sin the penalty of sin and then over the power of sin thank god for that talking about power over our personal sin by the way our victory over sin by receiving christ that's salvation is called justification God looks upon us as far as our eternity is concerned, just as if we've never sinned. Thank God for that. Our sins are washed away and never will sin. Thank God for that. But power over things like lust and greed and envy and pride and self pity and uh, desire to retaliate every time somebody goes against what you want them to do. That's in all of us, by the way. Power over despair. And this applies every day of the year, not just during this season, but, but this idea of the power over unthankfulness. And I could go into detail about that. And, you know, as you walk with Christ, once you're saved, once you walk with Christ, you grow in grace. And, and, and the Bible calls that sanctification, whereby you are continually, progressively set apart from your old life and set apart from this world and set apart unto God and you have power by the grace of God and the working of the Spirit of God in your life to have victory over personal sin. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I bat a thousand. Okay? If I did, I'd be lying. But I do have some victories. And I've had some major victories in my life in the areas of personal sin. Has anybody else been there besides me? I brought some old uh, bad habits into this new life in Christ. And I still have that old nature too. And it's prone to establish new bad habits if I'm not careful. It's true of all of us. And that's why we need to walk with the Lord and let Him set us apart unto Himself and His ways. That's the power. Uh, that's victory over the power of sin in our lives. You don't have to let sin reign in your mortal bodies. That's what the Word of God says. Someday, Praise God. We'll be delivered from the very presence of sin. You say, what are you talking about? We'll be delivered from the presence of sin. We'll be in a place called heaven where there is no sin. And by the way, I'm looking forward to that. We live in a sinful, wicked world, don't we? When I think about being delivered from the presence of sin, uh, the sins of others in general. Now, I love people, I really do. I love lost people. Yeah. I, I love their souls, and I there's lost people that I, I, I could, uh, I really care about a lot of lost people. I care about all of them, but there's a lot of them I know that I really care about. Yeah. And, and thank God for that. But I sure don't like a lot of their ways. Yeah. Yeah. Truth be known, just being in this world, it's it's a challenge to not be of it, isn't it? That's that sanctification thing. Yeah, getting farther and farther away from those things in our heart. But we'll be delivered from sin being around us at all. And then even the sins that have been and are being or will be directed against you or your loved ones, that'll be gone too. Like people lying about you or lying to you or cheating you or stealing from you or attacking and hurting you and yours, whether it's verbally or physically, will be delivered from all that. Those things will be left behind. Victory over sin. I hope you understand today, and I'm moving on from this, I'm almost getting stuck on it, I know that, but being delivered from sin is a big deal. I'm so glad when I put my head on the pillow at night I know I'm going to wake up either where I laid down or I'm going to wake up in heaven. And either way is okay. I'm not anxious to depart, but I'm sure not worried about it. Thank God for those things. And those victories over sin, those are major victories. And over death. I can spend a lot of time on that, but in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, and you hath He quickened. That means He's made you alive. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Praise God, I've been quickened. And many of you have been quickened. And if you have not, you can be quickened today. You can be made alive spiritually by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.8 tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Think about death has no more hold on us. You know, as we live this life and we walk through different doors and down different lanes and so forth, one day we're going to walk through the door of death and Jesus will be on the other side. Amen? Amen. And we'll be with the Lord forevermore, absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Speaks to the fact we can be passed from... Spiritual death unto spiritual life, but also physical death unto eternal life with the Lord in glory. So there's the victory over sin and death. But I want to talk about a couple more victories. There's the victory of being more than conquerors through Him that loved us. If you would turn with me here to Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Familiar verses, and we read these and rejoice in them often, but notice here in verse 35, I'll read down to verse 37. It says, Who shall separate us? The us is Christians, okay? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Talking about persecutions of Christians. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. I read that a lot of times and I always thought, boy, that means something good and being more than conquerors. But I just, I'm just going to admit, when I read that, I was saying about it. conquerors, conquerors. But it says more. More than conquerors. You know, to conquer means to defeat the enemy. To conquer means to have victories. And of course, the conquering is, is, involves victorious living for Christ. Learning to think right. God's help learning to speak right. Learning to do what's right. Here's a big one, learning to say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. The Sunday school lesson today was good about that, how we want to do our own thing or listen to the, the voices of the world, but we need to listen to God. And God does speak. And I'll be honest with you, I've never once heard Him with my ears, but I sure have heard Him in my heart. It's the Bible, I think, calls that the still, small voice. It's not loud, but it's powerful. And thank God that He can teach us to say yes to the Spirit and teach us to walk in the Spirit, live by faith rather than by sight, with our will and subjection to His. That's conquering the flesh. And then the victorious service. This all comes under more than conquerors. victory. You say, what are you talking about? Winning souls. Isn't that a victory? By the way, I want to stop here and just take a sideline about winning souls. I think many Christians that are good Christians, and they witness for Christ, and they pass out tracts, and they invite people to church, and so forth, there's a fair number of Christians that have never personally sat down and led somebody to Christ. And I think many times people who have not done that feel like they're not a soul winner. But I'm telling you, if you're having a part in the process, you're a soul winner. The Bible says one sows, another waters, and God gives the increase. And I guarantee you, just about it, it, those of us who have led people to Christ, uh, just about anybody that we've ever led to Christ, we were able to lead them to Christ because some others did some sowing and watering. Had a part in that. There was a man that, came to our church uh, many years ago. One of the men in our church had gotten saved and got on fire for the Lord. He brought one of his friends to church and, and uh, I, uh, I actually knew him by, by name. I didn't know him well, but uh, met him and so forth. And he came and he came about five or six Sundays in a row. And I could tell he was interested. He wouldn't be coming back. I'd gone to visit him and talked to him about the Lord, about being saved. And he obviously was not ready for that. And finally, one Sunday morning, I preached the gospel and 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 gave the invitation. And and during the invitation, I said, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, but you're concerned about your soul, would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? And boy, his hand went up. That's something I say a lot. I might even say it this morning. I don't know, but I've said that a lot of times. and, And I thought this preacher, today's the day. He's coming today, but he didn't. Now, I didn't drag the invitation out. That's not my custom to do that. I gave opportunity, ample opportunity. He didn't come, and I thought, well... Maybe next week. Well, that Sunday afternoon, he had a sister who was a member of another Baptist church who invited him to a revival meeting that night. And he went that night, and he got saved. (laughs) Praise the Lord, he got saved. I was right. It was that day he was getting saved. It just wasn't at our church. (laughs) He got saved that night, and then he got baptized in that church. And he was a member there for over 30 years that I know of before he he retired and moved to Florida. And I'm just being honest with you. I wanted him at Whittier Lane Baptist Church. But I sure was glad he got saved. And over the years, I would see him around town or a restaurant or somewhere. and He'd come over and we'd talk and visit. always had good fellowship there together. You'll never convince me that I didn't play the part of a soul winner in his life. You know, the truth is, the man who invited him to church was a soul winner. And I preached to him, and I was a soul winner. And his sister who invited him to church that night was a soul winner. And the man that preached that night was the soul winner. I don't even know who it was. But whoever dealt with him and led him to Christ was a soul winner. And so the victory of a soul winner is a person who's being a part of the process on a consistent basis. Talk to people about the Lord. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them what the Lord can do for them. We need to be faithful witnesses, and that's the victory of of, of victorious Christian service. Being a soul winner for Jesus Christ. Being used to restore backsliders. Amen? Amen. Probably all of us know, and certainly this church is old enough, and many of you have already told me how many years you've been here and so forth. You've seen a lot of people come and go, but they're not gone yet. I mean, like gone, gone. <laughs> and it, 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 it's good to reach out to the backsliders. It's a hallelujah to see somebody come back who's straight away and really gets right with God and gets plugged in again. Amen on fire for God that's victorious Christian service being used to edify or build up brothers and sisters in Christ by encouraging words and by something we might know from the word of God that could be a help to them that we share with them and so forth just being involved in those things being used by God to help build the church spiritually and and, uh, in other ways uh, being used of the Lord that's victorious service that's conquering the world the flesh and the devil but look in Romans chapter 5 That's the last place we'll turn today in in this message. But In Romans chapter 5, I want to read verses 1 through 5. He said, Therefore, being justified by faith, Amen, I love that, don't you? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, that is, by our Lord Jesus Christ, also we have access, uh, the Bible says, by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. And and it goes on and talks about the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts. Think about what this verse says about tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience, worketh experience, worketh, worketh hope, makes you not ashamed. Think about what these words mean in the life of a Christian. Tribulation is trials and problems, and we all have some, don't we? It works patience. That's perseverance. You know, some of the things that happen in my life, my situation, and so forth today, that when I was a young Christian, it's like, oh man, what are we going to do? You follow what I'm saying? And I know this isn't spiritual sounding, but I learned that this too shall pass. That helps me with perseverance, amen? I'm not glad when problems arise, but God's still on His throne. Stuff that takes me by surprise has never taken Him by surprise. And we can handle those things. Problems work perseverance, and perseverance works experience, it says. And you say, what's that? I believe it's character and maturity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It builds those things in our lives. Yeah. Character and maturity, and then, then this experience works hope, and that's confidence. Right. Yeah. Isn't it great when you can face some things that otherwise would be overwhelming if we didn't have this grace that we have through Christ? Right. Yeah. And you have confidence. I'm not talking about presumption upon God, but confidence that God's on his throne. And if we'll do what he says and follow what he says, he'll take care. Had a man in our church, he's still in our church today, been a member for several years, and he was talking about uh, things in our church, and he was giving me way more credit than he should. And he said, I know when we have a problem, you're going to take care of it. And I said, well, you know, God takes care of the problems. The best I can do is just handle it the way God wants it handled. But you know, when I'm handling things the way God wants them handled, I don't know how they're going to turn out every time. Amen? You can deal with people and treat people just the way you ought to, and they can still leave angry and upset and discouraged and defeated. But sometimes when you deal with them, a lot of times when you deal with them like you ought to, you help them get back to where they need to be. So there's confidence. If I can do what this book says, have a God that honors what the book says, and hope maketh not not ashamed, it gives us boldness. When it says more than conquerors, you say, why did you turn to these verses? More than conquerors, you know, We're not just survivors. Amen? We're conquerors. We're conquerors more than conquerors because not only do we get through the trial that we started with here, tribulation, but we're better because of it. See, you conquer the trial and it's not like when you're over with the trial, you sapped all your strength and you can't do anything anymore. It's you're stronger than you were before. Stronger in the Lord. More than conquerors. That's what that means to me. And I praise God for that. The victory of being not only a conqueror, but more than conquerors with victories for the Lord. And then the ultimate victory for a believer is to strive for the victory of steadfastness. Verse 58 of our uh, text says, Therefore... My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. You ever thought, steadfast means fastened in place. We're not talking about being bumps on logs, okay? We're talking about being where we ought to be spiritually and attitude-wise and spirit-wise and serving God. Fastened in place. And then it uses the word unmovable. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but that means you can't be moved. We can honestly sing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. As long as we'll keep our eyes on the Lord and trust and follow Him and serve Him. Steadfastness is is available to every Christian, but not every Christian has the victory of steadfastness. And that ought to be a goal in our lives. The motivation for steadfastness is the resurrection and eternity with Christ therefore my beloved brethren what's the therefore about it's about the rapture it's about heaven with the Lord forevermore. Amen. your labor is not in vain in the Lord it's worth it and it'll bear fruit and there will be rewards sometimes in this life but for sure in the life to come Amen. the power for st- power for st- the power for steadfastness, is stated in verse 57 of of 1 Corinthians 15, Thanks be to God, (laughs) which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2 that we just read before in this last passage, it says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. The grace of God... Is operating in different ways in our lives. Grace means undeserved favor, amen. We get saved and become a child of God, not because we deserve it, it's by grace. Amen. But then I found myself throughout my ministry, when I'm praying for friends or loved ones that are going through trials, I pray that God will give them grace. You know, for a long time I wrestled with, I know it means God's favor that we don't deserve. What's a good way? I mean, I say when people are going through like a loved one's in the hospital and they're dying and I ask God to give them grace. You've done that. We use that term. And I finally figured out, it takes me a while, you probably figured out a long time ago, but when you see grace, other than grace to be saved by, it means help. It means help. God gives us grace... He gives us help. That's a desire and the power to live right and to serve well. It's comfort. It's what I call enabling grace to enable us to be and to do what God wants us to do. The power for steadfastness comes from or by the grace of God. We need that effectual working of the Spirit of God in our lives to give us grace. And by the way, the Bible says concerning... By the way, by, having said that, don't you think you need a lot of grace? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says that God resisteth the proud, but giveth yeah. grace to the humble. God gives help to right. the humble. And by the way, the essence of humility is submission.
4: Right.
3: Yeah. Rebellion is the opposite of submission. And it robs you of grace. And pride does as well. And so this grace I have today standing before you. And I've already admitted I don't bat a thousand, okay? I have my failures. There are things I, sins I have to confess from time to time. Every Christian does, amen? Things about which I need to get right with God from time to time. But I feel like at this time of my life, I have a good start on being steadfast. I got saved 54 years ago in September, September of 1969. And overall, my life has been a Christian life with a desire to please God and serve Him. I'm not boasting. That should be the testimony of every one of us. I've been 54 years. I've been in the ministry for over 49 years. I've been serving God longer than that, but officially in the ministry for over 49 years. You know, we won't know whether I was steadfast or not until my life on earth is ended. The victory of steadfastness is from now on. From here, here till then. My goal, one of my goals in life is I want to finish my life right. I've said it this way. I want to die in the saddle. That doesn't mean, I mean, if it works out that I can preach until I die, I'll be glad to do that. I hope I can. There may come a time, though, that I can't preach, but I can still pray. And I can preach to people who come see me because I'm sick and weak and so forth. I had a friend there in Indiana. He was an evangelist by the name of B.M. Page. He lived to be 97 and he preached almost every Sunday till he was 95. And did some after that as well, but slowed down. <laughs> and I went to see him about less than a month before he died. Sit down and visit with him, and he preached to me the whole time I was there. You know, we ought to have something to say for the Lord and something we're trying to do for the Lord the rest of the way. And we want to keep our eyes on him and live right. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over sin and death. The victory that causes us to be conquerors with victories who are more than conquerors. And the victory of steadfastness. To have victory over sin and death you must be born again. You can know that Jesus died for your sins and believe that he died for your sins and you can still die and go to hell. It's not complicated, but there is something to receiving him. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Nobody's always been saved. You can be raised believing all the right things and being able to quote all the right things, but there needs to be a point in time and a place in your life where you, by faith, invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior. You must be born again. You need to be saved. There's no greater need in anybody's life than the need to be saved. I believe you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. Truth is, that's not an entirely correct statement because you're ready to die whether you're ready to go to heaven or not. Because you don't know when it's going to be and it's coming someday. And if you want to have victory over sin and death, you need Jesus Christ to be your Savior. To be a conqueror with great victories, you must walk with the Lord. And you must endure your trials and temptations with faith and trust in Him. Rely upon Him and His grace. By the way, problems are a part of everybody's life. You ever get to think about something like this, boy, I wish I had it as good as so-and-so. So-and-so has problems too. No matter how good it looks for them, they have problems. And I'll tell you another very important life lesson, if you haven't learned yet, is that life is not fair. Amen? Deal with it. God gives us grace to do that, if we will. And to have the victory of steadfastness, you must have commitment and determination to be faithful to God, faithful to His Word, and faithful to your local church. Serving God as you should. To do that, you must be alert. You must have your guard up. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And you're one of the whoms there. He's after you. You must be on guard. One thing else I'll say here before I close it. You must, if you want to have victory, the victory of steadfastness, you need on a regular basis to evaluate and reevaluate your spiritual life. Are your priorities right? Are you faithful to be in God's Word? You follow what I'm saying? Do you have a desire to truly walk with the Lord and implement the things you need to do? Do you have the kind of prayer life that's walking with God? You need to evaluate and reevaluate that. I said I've been saved 54 years. And all those years, I'm still evaluating. Lord, I think maybe I've slipped a little bit in this area. Will you forgive me? I know I need to be back at it. Be honest with yourself. Don't be afraid to confess your sin to God. He already knows it. And you need to get it right. And all these things, you must have the grace of God. That's His help. Thanks be to God for victories He has given, is giving, and will give us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and by His grace. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Thanks be to God.